Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. In today's episode, I talk with Christian podcaster, author, and critic Danny Anderson about how he creates hospitable places to engage with broadly different ideas. So let's check that out. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creatively Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Um, I'm your anchor host and your sometimes uh, podcast host, Brandon Hollingsworth, and I am super stoked to have with me a good pal of mine that I met a couple months ago, Mr. Danny Anderson. Danny, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. This is, uh, it's weird to be on this end of the screen, I suppose, but um <laughs> I don't know that I'm interesting enough to be interviewed, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I you are absolutely interesting enough to be interviewed. Just, uh, I noticed yesterday you and I were resonating kind of on the same, that article that came out about horror and theology. So we were, oh. you and I were echoing on that same article. <laughs> we're peas in a pod when it comes to that topic. But anyway, let me kind of introduce you to everybody who doesn't, uh, who might not know about you. Um, and I'm just going to read Danny's bio that he sent over. I hope I get all the words right. Uh, So Danny Anderson teaches English at Mount Aloysius College in Pennsylvania. He has written about film, popular culture, politics and theology for Film Inquiry, Popular Culture and Theology, The Mantle and and Sound the Sirens, among others. He also produces and hosts the Sectarian Review podcast, and you can find him as at Danny P. Anderson on Twitter. Did I get it right? Uh, that sounds exactly right. Yes. I review <laughs> Almost, sectarians, not secretaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those, I, I got it wrong earlier. So. <laughs> so thank you again, Danny, for coming on and um, looking forward to learning more about you. So let's talk a little bit about you and kind of, you know, what inspired you to, um, you know, obviously you're not doing uh, podcasting full time, but you're you're teaching English. So you know, jumping from English to podcasting. Uh, tell us a little bit about the inspiration there, the genesis of that. It was, I don't, I don't know, inspiration is the right word. It's it's more sort of just happenstance. That's kind of okay. the story of my life was I just sort of trip from one thing into another. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, we can go. I know my biography is not really not that interesting. I'm somebody who fell into what I do very late in life. I bombed out in college my first try and was away for many years and ended up going back. And then I went, I became an English major because that was the quickest thing to finish. Um, <laughs> and then in my last semester, somebody talked me into going to grad school and I thought, well, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So that sounds good. And then um, I ended up teaching English and I was teaching uh, my first job out of grad school was at this little um, uh, Pentecostal school in Georgia and it was called Emmanuel College. I guess it's not a secret. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, at Emmanuel College uh, works Nathan Gilmore, who is one of the co-hosts of the Christian Humanist podcast. Uh-huh. And um, while I was there, one of his co-hosts had to take a basically year off of the podcast and they asked me if I would fill in. And I did. And and it was it turned out to be kind of fun. They liked what I did enough to ask me to do my own spinoff show. And so I, I left Emanuel College in 2015. I started here. And, and from 2015 on, that's when the sectarian review became a thing. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was not 
anything planned. I don't, I mean, I was inspired to do it because someone asked me to do it and I found that I kind of liked it. And, and so that's, that's how I ended up doing it. And one thing I guess to get to the spirit of your question is uh, I do think that it captures like podcasting captures for me, the best part of not only my own education as a student in grad school, it's sort of like having, I feel like I learned more at the little restaurant outside of class, um, talking to interesting people. I learned as much there as I did in class, in formal settings. And I feel like um, podcasting is sort of an extension of that, just sort of learning for the sake of learning, not getting graded on it, thank God, right. <laughs> <laughs> in my case. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and that's what I try to reproduce in my class. It's not always possible. And so podcasting is kind of an extension for me of the sort of the best parts of uh, my educational process. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, and you, you look back in history and that's the way the great learners of the world started, you know, our natural philosophers. And you look back to Greek and Rome and it was just sitting around talking, you know, sipping some vino, you know, and just, <laughs> you know, talking about the things that make you wonder. And I really think a lot of that is becoming a lost art in our culture, especially here in the U.S. I don't know about other other countries, but just social discourse, just having a conversation about something. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. Um, if you don't, okay, we can agree to disagree, but let's talk about it. Let's reason through this problem. Let's kind of grapple with it um, in a kind of logical, progressive, you know, move forward way. And I think it's really becoming a lost art. So, you know, I think it, I think it does. I think it dovetails perfectly, not only with who you are, you know, with your English background, but also who you are as a believer, because this is something as believers, we have to, we really have to grapple with in our world is being able to, you know, first Peter, what 315, give a reason defense for, yeah. you know, the joy that is within you. So, I mean, you know, it really is a part of, of being a believer. And so my hat's off to you and, and don't, don't downplay it. Um, <laughs> just because you didn't know what the plan was, God knew what the plan was. So <laughs> maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any maybe about it. I mean, I think he's got you right where he wants you right now and, and you're killing it. So my hat's off to you, brother. Well, thanks. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I have worked it into a pace that I can handle with my other responsibilities now. And uh, I mean, that's one thing I know, I know you want to talk a little bit about advice for other yeah. uh, folks and, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, understanding your own kind of limitations at some point. Um, well, well, let's go on. ahead. Let, let's talk a little bit about that while the, the natural conversation is here, because, you know, the inspiration section of the show is kind of what inspired you, but also if there's a young Christian podcaster out there who's like, you know, I really feel, you know, me being inspired to go in this direction, give them some tidbits, tidbits or some kind of helpful things that you learn. Well, I really, so I grew up in church um, as well. I grew up Nazarene, sort of a, I don't mm -hmm. know if that's, I kind of equate it. If you think of a spectrum between Pentecostals and Methodists, I'm sort of right in them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm in North Alabama. So there's a Nazarene church, like within a stone's throw where I'm okay, at. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so but, but for the, the, for the listeners who don't understand, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this low church Wesleyan Protestant tradition. Right. And so um, that, that's kind of where, what I grew up in. And, uh, and I wouldn't, I mean, we don't need to get into my theology, I suppose, but I don't know that I particularly like locate myself there exactly now, but um, mm -hmm. it's fine. And um, I still go to a Nazarene church regardless. Okay. And, um, but I did, so growing up in a church, you, you notice people who are like recent converts and then it's like, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> six months later, you realize you haven't seen them for four months. Right. right. And so, um, because it was just, they sort of got burned out. And I think podcasting, um, well, any creative act, I think can be the same 
can hold the same dangers. I think mm-hmm. that you have this pressure to kind of um, be impressive and and be big. And so I found myself at the beginning um, doing well. At the very beginning, I was doing one a month, and then I pushed it to one every other week, and then I pushed it to every week, and I did it every other week or every week for quite a long time because I wanted to get to a hundred episodes quick. Um, mm-hmm. And once I did that, I. I pulled it back to every other week again. Um, because I, and I realized it wasn't just the, I'm, it's just me by myself, right? I'm finding hosts or guests. I'm reading the books that they give me to read. And and very often I'm interviewing authors. I'm doing the production. I'm doing the editing and I'm doing the social media, like sharing and all that. And And it's very time consuming. (laughs) It's a ton of work. Oh my goodness. That just makes me tired listening to it. So yeah. And I found myself in addition to my actual job. Right. And so, and I found myself like, um, trying too hard, like, and I felt like I was trying to be noticed too much. Right. And so at some point I just kind of gave it up and realized another thing I really like to do is write. And I'm not really leaving myself any time to do that. And so for the last three or four years, I've been kind of steadily um, publishing things um, for internet magazines, basically, and some academic stuff, which nobody cares about. I don't even care about that. Um, And so I just turned one in last night. And so, um, but um, I, I, I found myself in, in the quest of trying to make a splash in podcasting, I was cutting myself off um, from other things and exhausting myself in the process. So my advice, I suppose, is don't care so much. <laughs> Just do what, what you like um, and the right people will start listening. And who cares if it's a small audience? I mean, it's the right audience and, and you're not going to make money in podcasting anyway. And so what's the big deal? And so um, that, that's sort of my, my advice. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I think that's awesome advice. There is this element as a creative of, of what I call the, the first loves, right. You know, where you, where you encounter something like, Oh, this is amazing. I got to do this. And you kind of get a little bit infatuated. Um, but there is a real danger, you know, of making that thing an idol, right. And, and saying, you know, it becomes the most important thing in the world. And that's just not what we're all about as Christians. You know, that's a, you know, I think those Israelites had some repetitive, uh, cycle of apostasy type issues with that whole idolatry thing. And so I think that's, I think that's really good advice for the young podcaster out there is, um, is yet yeah, you don't have to be perfect out of the gate. You don't have to have a million followers, just do what you love, hone your craft and do it for the glory of God. Right. You know, yeah. And, and a practical thing I wish I had done, um, that I have, I didn't sadly, uh, I do recommend starting something out. It's a you have to get used to the sound of your own voice. And I, I realize I still say, um, too much. And <laughs> I'm not a trained public speaker and I'm a very kind of fidgety person. Um, this is why my podcast isn't on YouTube. Cause I want to see people, see people meet people, see me doing this all the time. Right. Um, but, uh, so I, I don't have a, a completely polished, you know, presence. I'm good enough at what I do, I think, but I'm much better now than I was at the beginning and as bad as I am now. And so I I think that my advice for folks is to record like 10 episodes that you'd never release, just sort of try out the the different equipment that you might use, try out different um, formats, try out uh, different speaking styles, listen to yourself, make those mistakes and live through the embarrassment of it and, and the self-hatred as I do and, and, and get better at it. And then you'll start off at a better place at the beginning um, 
because you'll make fewer mistakes in public. I've made many mistakes in public when I started. And, and so now, unfortunately, the internet never forgets. Those things are always on the internet. And, and I, I shudder when people, to think that people might go back to early episodes of my show. Um, um, so, but yeah, that's a practical thing I can offer. That's great. That's, that's super awesome. And again, it's about not taking yourself so seriously, you know, about trying to have a little bit of fun with it. And again, it, you know, taking the spotlight off of you, putting it where it needs to be. And again, that's, it's one of the things that creatives struggle with so much just in general, but also it seems doubly hard, you know, for a Christian creative to, mm -hmm. to kind of get that in their brain and kind of get okay with it. Um, you know, um, is that, is that something you, you've kind of had to struggle with and, and what are some things that you personally have been able to do, you know, what, maybe through your, through your thought life or your prayer life, or maybe being convicted about something, what are some ways you've been able to go kind of take the spotlight off of Danny and put it on, put it on God? Um, I, I think one thing, oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, in terms of, Hmm, I don't know how to answer that question in a, in a, in a, in an organized way, uh, because it's a very sort of disorganized um, uh, array of thoughts I'm having about it. But let me just kind of focus on on the podcast. So for one thing, it helps me to not talk too much on my podcast. Like I will interject, I mean, you are on my show, right? And so uh -huh. I'll interject a reaction I have, something that you've just said makes me think of something in my life. Um, and I'm sure that there are people who think I talk too much about myself as well, but um, <laughs> I also find it it's useful um, I think of my show as sort of a form of hospitality. Okay. And so uh, my kind of great, it's a driving value of mine um, for probably biographical reasons. Um, I always have a great deal of sympathy for anyone who feels left out of any kind of crowd. Right. And so, okay. um, and so one thing that I really appreciate about my show is that to me, it's about serving people by bringing, making connections between other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I really love about my show is when I look on social media, people who I know from this segment of my life, speaking with people who I know from that segment of my life. And I know the only reason they know each other is some connection through my show. Right. And right. so, um, and, 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 or my social media presence, and that's been really kind of gratifying. And so that's the that's the the appeal to me and not necessarily whether anybody thinks i'm smart and, and so i think right. that giving that up as a as a goal um helps me um be less self-conscious when i'm talking and that's one thing i've had to learn and one thing podcasting has frankly helped me with and and i i actually use it in teaching now i, I in many of my novel classes i have students get in small groups and make little podcasts about a particular book throughout the semester. And we listen because it's been a very useful tool for me to kind of become more confident speaking. But um, when I'm doing a podcast, it's more about the other person, right. And, and how I can introduce them to other people right. and find something interesting in somebody else that other people should know about. And so it's more about kind of a celebration of other people. Um, um, although, you know, I have to, you know, I don't always succeed in that, <laughs> but that is sort of the goal. And that, and that is so cool. I mean, basically what you're talking about here is you're embracing the humility of the podcast host, right? You're, you're kind of mirroring what Christ tells us and that you want to be a servant, right? Always. And so that's really what you're doing. You're saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I might be the I might be the guy whose name is on the podcast, but this is really about you, Right. And, and I'm just making a space for you to come in so that we can shine the spotlight on you and learn about you and help you out. And yeah. I think that is such a great lesson for a young podcaster to know, not only just to make their show appealing, but also um, 
just to make friends, you know, and, and connections in the industry. That's the, that's the yeah. way to do it be a servant. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I have like a, 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 I have many problems as an academic, right? I'm, I'm sort of a poor academic in many ways, I'm sure. Um, but uh, one of the reasons is I, I'm, I think what you call a dilettante. I, I, I embrace being a generalist. If someone asks me to teach a class about something <clears throat> that I have no expertise in, I'm perfectly happy reading the books along with the students, right? And, and sort of stumbling and learning in front of them. I, I, and so I'm much more of a, of a dabbler, I suppose. And academics resist that. We, we sort right. of move, we, we value specialities, right? Yeah. And, uh, and expertise. Very, very focused specialities. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And, and so that, that's one thing that's kind of puts me on the outs, I think. I mean, I'm at the, I'm at the margins of a lot of communities. Academia <laughs> is one of them. Okay. And, um, and so, but, but given that, I think the podcasting as a, as a medium, podcasting as a medium is a perfect one for me because I have, any number of uh, guests that come from any number of walks of life and that are doing any number of things. And, um, and I also have like a, I have several kinds of shows. There's interview shows like I did with you about your wonderful comic book. Um, but there's also, um, well, I have like a, a cadre of re recurring people who come back and, and we'll do sort of group chats about a specific issue every now and then. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, like those, I, I tend to take more of an upfront role. Um, but for me, it's all in both cases, it's about community, right? And learning from other people about new things. And, and that's kind of like a, a drive that I have that is a whatever, a, a, a disadvantage in my kind of professional career. But mm -hmm. um, it's an advantage, I think, for my, my podcast. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, I think this, this is great, great advice and a lot of good information for, you know, a new possible podcaster or a young Christian who's feeling like they're led to do some podcasting. Um, I think, I mean, you definitely got to be prepared for a podcast, but I think sometimes people can over prepare, you know, for the podcast where they get into such a structured kind of, you know, thought pattern about this show that if anything comes up and it's not on their list, it kind of throws them off and they don't know how to operate. And it's kind of like, no, it does not compute. You know, that was not the next question. We must go to question C2, not C4, you know? Yes, and so yes. it kind of throws, throws them for a loop. And so I think kind of coming prepared, but, but thinking of it more of, Hey, this is all about you. And I just want to talk about you and, and, and help people learn about you. That is such a, such a cool way to approach a podcast. Yeah. And it's different from a lot of podcasts that I've heard. So, mm. so again, hats yeah. off to you, brother. <laughs> yeah, it makes for a, a very unique audience. I have a very um, diverse audience, ideologically at least. Um, and, and I have people who kind of fall into kind of conservative Christian mm -hmm. um, basic approaches to life all the way through people who are interested in pop culture. I have people who are interested in kind of high arts. So I do a series of film, uh, films, uh, film shows about the, the Russian filmmaker, Andrei Tarkovsky. Uh, oh, wow. and, so, um, and then all the way to the, to the far left, like the secular, like Marxist left, I have people who listen to my show. And so uh, and it's kind of fun for me to know that they're all in the same audience, uh, whether they know it or not. And, and so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird show and you might not like every episode, but um, if you listen long enough, you'll probably see a connection between most of them. So. It would be great to have call-ins with that kind of audience, you know? <laughs> so that would be, it would be, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have, <laughs> it's a really good, I've thought about that. They have that new app with, I forget what, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, chat room? No, what's it called? What's it called? I don't um, know, what, WhatsApp, something like that. 
No, there's some sort of like app where you do like live calls with people and you have you to should totally, do it. You should um, totally do that. You should and, do one show like that with an audience <laughs> like that. It just begs, it begs for you to do that. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, you know, with a podcast, you know, not everybody's listening at the same time, of course. Uh, some that's people true. might get to it months later. And so, yeah, who knows when people are listening to mine. So, so, um, so how overt are you about your beliefs on your podcast? I mean, you know, with a, with a kind of diverse listening listener base like that do you talk about like biblical things a lot or is it more cultural not on every show right and so every show it's sort of i i don't know i I feel like i would probably disappoint a lot of people um who are like more evangelical in terms of their christianity in terms of like sharing witness and that sort of thing because if it's not the subject of the show, I don't go there. Right. So when we're talking, I, we do actually get into religious stuff with Tarkovsky since he's um, uh, even though he's working in the Soviet system, he is a very um, religious filmmaker himself. And so um, we do get into religious issues on those shows, but there are some shows where it's just not relevant. Right. And so, um, and I am, I don't know, this maybe goes back to my, my, I have what I call a pathological sense of hospitality. Um, and, and I feel like I think, I, I, I think my wife has that. too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so I, I feel like I, uh, uh, I, I try not to bring an agenda to every situation. Right. And, and so and the, for an example, the show that actually just dropped today, I interviewed the author of a, a book that has just been published by plow books. It's called pillars. Um, how Muslim friends led me to Jesus. And so it's a, a woman who's from Minnesota and grew up Baptist. And um, she and her f- husband found that her family actually have found themselves not as missionaries, but just sort of through work living in the Horn of Africa and under like Somalia and, and that sort of area. And so she, it's about sort of being um, a, a Christian minority. And so she doesn't approach her faith as uh, she, she she doesn't like evangelism is not her goal, right? Amongst her neighbors. It's, it's sort of friendship is her, is her goal amongst mm-hmm. her neighbors. Um, and giving that up has allowed her to kind of create these really deep friendships with these uh, Muslim neighbors that have in turn um, inspired her to think about what um, Muslim practitioners do with their rituals and their faith and apply it to what we do as Christians and it helps her kind of think more deeply about her Christianity. That's very much in line with the way I approach um, evangelicalism, uh, Mm -hmm. evangelicism on the show. um, Mm -hmm. I I would, I would say if it's appropriate. So I talked a lot about faith on that show. Um, Another show I might not. And so it's sort of, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't think, you know, I'm all about, you know, presenting the gospel when you can and talking about Jesus when you can, but you know, sometimes the gospel just doesn't fit into a grocery list. You know, it's just, it's just not, it's just not there. You know I mean? You can try as hard as you want. And I think sometimes that's one of the issues that people have with church and with people who go to church is that they do try and turn every conversation into something spiritual or something scriptural when it might not be, it might just, we're just talking about the grocery list or we're just, you know, talking about, you know, the weather or whatever. We don't have to say, Oh, and the Lord controls the weather, you know, <laughs> you know, at some point, at some point it can seem a little bit forced. And so, yeah, I think, I think that lends itself to just creating that sense of hospitality and friendship that you're and, talking about. Yeah. And the danger I think in doing that as just sort of a, a practice, right. Wherever I'm go, I'm going to find a way to wedge this in mm-hmm. is that you might, for you, you might, and I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this 
hypothetical you. Um, <laughs> for you, you might be um, approaching this with good intentions. I, I don't want them to go to hell, right? Sure. I, I am saving their soul. But if you step back, you're actually sort of using them, right? You're, you're sort of, it's, it's almost an act of bullying in some right. level, right? Yeah. And you're treating them more as an object than a person, just mm -hmm. as sort of an object I need to bounce my faith off of um, right. so that I can make my, it's a, a form of virtue signaling for, <laughs> for Christians, right? I think. And, and so um, I, I think that there's a real danger um, in, in getting in the way of a relationship that is probably more fruitful and probably what we're more likely called to do anyway, than drag somebody um, into the church doors in some ways. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that there is a place I, 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 I realize this is a chancy statement of, uh, Shame is not something that's valued in culture. I do think that shame is a, is a wonderful thing. <laughs> in, in yeah. this certain, I think I, I do think there's a place for uh, for shame and uh, for um, that kind of thing. But I don't think that that's the first thing I want to go to. No, um, no, absolutely not. You want to? I mean, you know, you don't go and get advice from a random stranger. You know, yeah. if you feel like, hey, which uh, which carburetor am I going to put on my car? Or, you know, what's the best hedge trimmer? You don't just go ask yeah. <laughs> a random person. You're going to ask somebody that you know and you trust. And so yeah. I think for, I would imagine that, you know, for for issues that revolve around my eternal soul, I'm probably going to treat that a little bit more, you know, importantly than I would hedge trimmers. So I'm, I'm going to go to a source that I trust. And some yes. random guy sitting next to me, you know, is probably not the guy I'm going to go to first. Yeah, you know, I might listen to him, but he's probably not my my go-to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, and also I think my show kind of like, it, we're part of the Christian humanist radio network. Um, and so there's lots of shows. There's the, the flagship, we call it uh, Christian humanist podcast, the Christian humanist profiles where they interview authors about faith-based books and, uh, and that sort of their philosophical books and that sort of thing. Christian feminist podcast, book of nature, which is a bunch of Christian scientists. Uh, my wife has a, a show about Christian environmentalism called um, restoration uh, on that network. And so um, it, it, the, the general philosophy of the Christian humanist radio network is that your Christianity isn't just confined to theology, right? Your Christian, mm -hmm. your Christian walk is, is a celebration of everything humans do well. That's kind of the slogan of the, uh, um, of the show, right? And so mm -hmm. looking at the work of an atheist filmmaker or um, looking at the work of, of what else, whatever else, that's a form of worship. Um, you know what I mean? Um, it, mm -hmm. Because you're, you're feeding your mind, which is something that God gave us. And you're feeding your view of the world. You're making your empathetic impulse bigger. Uh, you're, um, you're able to then engage the world more fully and, and more richly. And, uh, and so I feel like um, you don't always have to have a, a three-point sermon with clear takeaways sure. um, for, for your faith, right? And my show certainly does not do that. And in fact, I am sure that many of my episodes would offend very kind of dogmatic, um, like conservative sort of sorts of Christian approaches, just as I'm sure other shows will offend many of my secular listeners, right? And so, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, but my, I think my regular listeners are willing to be offended where it's appropriate and they know that it's out of love. That, that should so. be your slogan, offending where appropriate. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, right. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, I actually, I just wrote a review of your comic um, and, Thank you. and, and I actually opened it with a, uh, a quote from Franz Kafka, who's one of my favorite writers. And metamorphosis, uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And he has this sort of theory of art. And I, I really, we should only read books 
that that stab us and wound us right and a, a book should be something to break up the frozen sea inside of us right and, nice. and i think that yeah that conf that confrontation with something that isn't comfortable is a good thing right mm -hmm. and so i yeah. think that that's a and in fact it's a holy thing for me and so yeah. i think that um, my show is willing to kind of perhaps be sacrilegious at times in order to achieve holy goals. <laughs> and so I know there's a paradox built in there and, uh, and I'm willing well, to accept criticism for it, but that, that's sort of what works. Well, and it kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about at the start of the show with that ha being able to have that social discourse where you and I might disagree on these things, but we can still talk about them in a meaningful way. You know, we might not come to the same resolution, but we can talk about and discuss them. And, and in doing so, I learn more about you. You learn more about me. We might learn more about the topic at hand and, and hopefully we walk away with a couple of new wrinkles in our brain. And I think that's never, never a bad thing. Um, it's when you, it's when you kind of have this dogmatic belief in something without examining it, I think is the most dangerous thing, right? Yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. And, and that's sort of my, um, I mean, I won't bore you with like academic, uh, ponderings about that kind of thing but that is a, sort of a central question is um under, like being honest with yourself and getting knocked out of your comfort zone so that you can sort of observe yourself from a distance a little bit you ever see the movie dr strange yeah uh, where he goes off and out of his body um, yeah I, I feel like i mean i don't know if i believe in that kind of like possibility but i mean right. uh but i think that it's as a metaphor that's a really interesting um moment and that's when he sees the truth of his life is when he's kicked out of his body and he can sort of look at himself right at and the bigger like, picture yeah yes a confrontation with ideas and art should accomplish that that's not to say you shouldn't enjoy i mean i, I just talked about dr strange i i, yeah. I enjoy popular <laughs> entertainment too right um but uh you should also learn to appreciate art that um that does challenge you yeah i agree i agree wholeheartedly so let's jump into the kind of education portion uh, of the of the show, and let's talk a little bit about was there anything specifically in Danny's past that that you were like you kind of built on the rock of this educational nugget that led you into into your podcasting and and kind of what you're doing now. Obviously, you're you're basing a lot of this on your on your knowledge, but was there any is there a rock that you're building on? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. I. So I don't come from a, um, a family of academics or professionals. My, my family is all from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, they, about half my family stayed and about half moved to Cleveland. Um, my parents happened to be among the half that moved to Cleveland and that's where I was born. And so I, I feel like I always um, had this sense of displacement. I guess this goes back to this, this sense of hospitality. I always kind of felt like I was a Clevelander but I was the son of hillbillies from West Virginia. So I wasn't quite a Clevelander. Right. And then, um, and then we kept moving at certain times uh, around the area of Northeast Ohio. And so I never quite felt like I was from anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that growing up as a Browns fan as well, uh, gives you an appreciation for the underdog. Right. In life. And so um, I think that that just sort of accustomed me or put me in the habit, I suppose, of living at the edges of a community. So I'm a part of the Christian community, but I'm not like a perfectly respected member at the center of it. Right. And so I'm a part of particular political communities. Right. But I don't buy everything. And so I'm kind of at the edges of that academia I've already talked about. Um, and so that it's more of like a, a perspective, I think mm -hmm. that um, that's sort of why I'm able to kind of cover 
the variety of topics that I can cover, right? And my, jo my job is sort of to, if, because I'm at the edge of pop culture and theology, or if I'm at the edge of horror fandom and, and religion, right? Um, I can bridge a gap there and convince these two communities, try to convince these two communities they have something in common, right? And so um, I feel like that perspective, it's not so much a piece of knowledge that I had um, or something that I learned, but it's just sort of a position in the world that I got used to, right? And, and so, um, and, and now I'm at the point where like, is it uh, Carl, uh, not Karl Marx, uh, Groucho Marx, um, Groucho Marx um, has the line, like, I would never want to belong to a club that would have me, someone like me as a member, right? Exactly. And so I, I feel like a danger I have is this resistance to kind of uh, joining at this point, and, and maybe I'm a little obstinate about it on some level as a as an ethic, right? And so right. Uh, I have to push against that a little bit and, and realize that I do live in a place and I need to be a, a participating member of that community. Um, but, but yeah, so that's sort of less, you know, less of a piece of knowledge than more of an experience, I suppose. Well, that's, that's super cool. And I'm also, I'm not a joiner either. And I'm, I'm, uh, I am a reflexive, um, you know, as soon as you tell me to do something, I'm gonna do the opposite of that. So I'm just kind of that, I'm that yes. kind of guy as well. But it, I think it's super encouraging that the fact that you've kind of built the fo a following and a, and a successful podcast on, on the fact that you don't belong any, per, any, any place, you know, that you kind of are this kind of gypsy like vagabond that kind of, you know, journeys across the fringe edges of all these different little topics and in doing so, you've kind of created your own little tribe or you've identified tribes that you can resonate with. And I think, you know, for again, for a, an aspiring podcast uh, host out there, I think that's so encouraging. I think that's just like, yeah, I don't I don't have to have this school learning or I don't have to have this, you know, certificate where I've gone and got this podcasting degree. I can just kind of find my tribe and talk to them and, and listen to them and then and help empower them. That's really, really, really nifty. Yeah, I, I have, for someone who's a teacher, I have probably unorthodox ideas about education um, because I think it is both liberating and imprisoning, okay? And so I always do this little exercise in, in class. And so I have them read the story everyone should read the story and I'm shamelessly going to promote it. It's a little five page short story that you will love if you listen to it. It's called a summer's reading by Bernard Malamud um, is his name. Um, and it's a very famous old short story. Um, I've probably read it 500 times. I love this story. And so, but it's basically a very basic story about this, this kid on the margins of society who jumps into books and finds and it's liberation, right? For him at the end of the story, it's, it's liberation. He finds freedom in education. Okay. And then I juxtapose that with a, a Kafka story called a uh, report for an Academy, which is about this ape who is kidnapped from um, the gold coast, I think, uh, and brought to Europe to be in a zoo. But while he's on the boat, he realizes if he imitates the people on the boat, then they like him and, and they give him a little bit more privileges, right? And so um, he takes this ethos all the way to learning to speak on stage. And so he's on ape performing in front of these folks um, and telling him and just using big words and impressing them all. And he never thinks that it's freedom. He explicitly talks about it not being freedom. It's basically just a little bigger, more comfortable cage. Like I'm the free version of me ended when you brought me over here. Okay. Right, um, right. So education for him is a prison, right? And that is, 
I, I maintain that that is true. You can become such an expert. You can become such a, uh, a respected member of a particular community that what you've done is just build walls between yourself and anything else. And you can't see beyond that anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that's always in the back of my head when I'm teaching is that I'm empowering them on some level, but I'm also at the same time limiting the way they can see the world. Right. And and, and I feel a little bit of conflict about this. And, And so, yeah, I think, I don't know, Something you said brought that to mind. <laughs> I feel like that was relevant to what we were no, talking no, about. No, no, yeah, sure. it absolutely is. Because again, I think it's something that we've got, uh, it goes back to the conversation we we're having earlier about, you know, exposing ourselves to art that challenges us, right? We've yeah. got to, we're, we're building these walls of knowledge, but we've got to make sure we poke little breathing holes, you know, or little, maybe little holes that we can stick our telescopes through so we can see beyond yeah. the walls of our knowledge and peer out into the unknown and, and examine that unknown. Cause that's where that future knowledge is going to come from. So yeah, it's a yeah. really, really beautiful, you know, beautiful example of that. I really yeah. like that a lot. And I have that conversation with my students. Um, um, I actually wrote a, a, a review of a, of an old immigrant novel, uh, by this uh, woman named Anzia Yazerska. And I use that sort of um, comparison at the beginning to talk about the version of education we see in that novel. Um, and so this is a, sort of an obsession of mine is this um, observing the ways in which the things we conceive of as freedom are actually sorts of little prisons, right? Um, mm-hmm. If we're not careful, right? Um, and in fact, they are both freedom and prison. Which, if, um, which yeah, I'm okay I... with living in paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that you need that on a shirt living in paradox. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. And I would love it if you could maybe send over some links to those two stories or if there's somewhere oh, online sure, yeah. that we can link to those and put them in the show notes. Cause I know um, being a Kafka fan, I haven't read that particular story and now I really want to read it. And the other story sounds intriguing as well. So I'd love it to pass that on to our audience too. So, so if you yeah, I always, that. um, I have to cry in front of class when I read a summer's reading. It's just a very beautiful story. And I always have to pause at a certain moment because mm-hmm. I'll start like, I, I, I have been known to cry in class and I'm that annoying English professor. And so, <laughs> um, and so, um, but yes, that's, uh, that, that is one of my favorites. So those are two of my favorites, actually. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, Danny. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that at all. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's jump into the empowerment section uh, of the podcast. And really a lot of the stuff that you've already been talking about is really pretty empowering as well. But, but, you know, was there something at some point in your journey that um, really just kind of, you know, put the spurs to Danny and said, you know, Hey, this is, I'm, I've never done this podcasting stuff before, but I really want to do it because of X or because of, you know, this thing that happened, was there, was there a moment in time? Was there a bit of, you know, I, I don't want to like limit it to just podcasting. Cause I, I feel like the writing I do and the podcasting and my teaching are all sort of part of a, of a, of a whole sure. uh, for me, it's all sort of just variations on a, an approach to life that I have. Okay. Right. It's, it's sort of a, an engagement with other people through these different media. Right. All right. And so, um, yeah, I write a lot of, uh, film reviews and I don't I don't I really hate starred reviews of movies like four and three and two stars uh-huh. like you don't walk into an art museum and say oh that statue is two and a half stars <laughs> right I, like I don't understand yeah a movie has flaws like everything and the flaws are what make it interesting so the kind of stuff I write are never like thumbs up or thumbs down. And so I really, I just find that kind of film Twitter nonsense annoying and so I really, I really hate that. Um, but 
um, so whenever, so it, for me, I, so I recently, I've already kind of lived this, my, um, I, I've always, I'm very comfortable knowing that I'm a total nerd and, and people are going to think that I get too excited about things and think I'm a dork because of that. And I really don't care. I think those people are kind of boring. And so I don't really care what they think. Right. And so, um, yes, uh, think of me, whatever you like, right. That's always, ever since I've been a little kid, that's sort of my little approach to life if I haven't stated it right so I've always been okay being a, a, a jerk right not not a mean jerk but you know like a fool right and so um, I recently just watched um, Ethan Hawke um, do a little like a TED talk kind of thing that he recorded himself like in a restaurant or something it's really interesting he's like a, in a restaurant himself and it was a really inspirational talk right and it really captures the spirit of what and it gave me kind of language to um describe the way I've always approached these things is, you know, to be creative is to be kind of joyful, right? And a little kid, when he, he says this in the video, when they're putting it, when they're playing with something, they're not worried about perfection. They're just having fun in the sandbox, right? And, and, and I feel like giving yourself, and he says, giving yourself permission to be the fool, to be, to fail, to make something and it's bad. You know what I mean? Um, like that to me is, is very liberating um, because ultimately if someone, and he says this, critics are usually wrong. Like, uh, you know what I mean? When The Shining came out, everyone hated that movie. And now yeah. we realize what idiots they were for hating that movie, right? <laughs> you know? Um, and so whatever the the zeitgeist says about something in the moment who cares because probably someone will reevaluate that later right? right um but also like nobody's gonna remember anyway <laughs> you know <laughs> this podcast, i mean you know like at some point how many things have been created in the history of mankind sure nobody even remembers that anybody did it did that right. made it not worth doing for the person who did it no i mean they did it and it was meaningful to them um and so who cares if it's perfect no one's going to remember anyway five billion years from now the sun's going to explode no one will ever know human beings existed at all so who cares right <laughs> and so um like i i this is just be free to screw up in public is what my mm -hmm. point is right and so mm -hmm. It's, it's a big step. Rejection is a big thing. I've written essays and sent them to places and they said no. Um, and it's depressing and it's kind of angering, right? Uh, in, in the moment, but you move on and find someone who's going to say yes. And so, um, and those are the people you'll enjoy being with anyway. And so yeah. um, whatever you kind of create, just sort of like live with the fact that it's going to suck and that doesn't make it bad. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's part of what makes it interesting and good. Okay. And so um, that, that's sort of my, um, my little motto of life, um, just take it or leave it is, is sort of um, what I would say to the critics out there, right? And um, and in this, I'm aiming this at myself. I've had this little novel in my head for like five years now, and I've got little outlines all over the place for it. And I've never sat, I, about a year ago, I sat down and chunked out 3,000 words of it. And then I, I shuddered away and set it, set it aside. And I got busy too. I had a crazy year, as everyone did. But I had, in addition to COVID, other things going on in my life uh, with parental health issues and that sort of thing. So I was distracted, but um, I've just decided I'm going to write a crappy novel and probably no one will ever read it, but I don't care. I got to get it out. And so like, this is, um, I'll read yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate I'll read that. It. Yeah. I mean, I, I could not agree more Danny. I mean, literally probably one of the most influential things that have ever happened in my life and that has affected me more than, than 
than almost anything other than my salvation was in the 10th grade. I finally decided that I didn't care what anybody thought anymore. I was just going to be me, you know, and I was just going to enjoy being me and do what I wanted to do, you know, and, uh, and that has been so freeing. And you're exactly right when it comes to creation, that failure is a critical part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, everyone fails when they create something. No one creates it perfect the first time, whether it's engineering or whether it's art. I mean, it's never done right the first time. And so the sooner you embrace that and, and learn to, to really lean into it and kind of expect the feedback that you're going to get, whether it's from your editor or from your you know close beta group or your fans or from the public or whoever you expose that work to initially, as soon as you learn to lean into that and expect it and get ready for it and almost anticipate it, that's when you really, in my mind, start leveling up as a creative. You know, you start then going, okay, yeah, you know, they, they told me this, that, and the other, and this and that, eh, but the other, that's really important. And so now I've got to incorporate that into my work. And so, yeah, that's spot on. And, and for me, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it, I think there's a way in which that works well with sort of Christian outlooks on life, this idea of like faith and whatnot. There's also, I have to admit, I mean, I, one of my premises of life is you have to be honest with yourself, right? And mm-hmm. this sort of self-reflection, right? So inside of that is clearly uh, uh, like an aggression, right? There's, there's, clearly, sure. there's clearly an anger um, in there as well, right? And so, um, and so that's one thing that's a little challenging is that to be creative is to sort of push the boundaries of propriety, right? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, so absolutely. You, um, just the, the act of creating something, the, I'm going to throw out an English person name, but um, great writer, Cynthia Ozick um, is her name. She's a, a very observant um, Jewish um, writer and uh, she's very elderly now, but still working, doing amazing work. But um, um, she, throughout her life, wrote amazing art, um, like amazing novels, incredible criticism. Um, and she wrestled with the idea of just creating something is idolatry it is competing with god's imagination on some level and there's like there's a boldness to that that you have to (laughs) you have to accept that you are sort of challenged i mean this is a a very kind of um particular conservative jewish um perspective on 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 art and engraven images and that sort of thing yeah um but but you have to own the fact that when you create anything you are it's it's a i'm trying to not use vulgar language <laughs> it's a, it's cojones right it's a, right, right. it's a, it's yeah a, you're kind of you're kind of thumbing your nose at god you know it's like oh no you you didn't do it right i'm going to do it watch me yeah. it, it is you're identifying something that's that's lacking in the world right wow, and so that is that is such a cool perspective <laughs> and, and 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 so balancing that kind of with a with a reverence to God is the trick, right? And Ozick's right. fiction does that, right? And that's what's so great about what she does, is that it balance it understands the aggression of creativity, wow. um, but also understands the necessity of it, right? And so you have this kind of these two polar opposites. These like it's like magnets that will never put their mm-hmm. own polars the, the wrong whatever whatever the science polarity is yeah. uh, the polarity yeah uh, they'll never come together, but they kind of hold each other in balance, right? And so it's a tension that is inescapable. Um, and, and you have to kind of just, just own it and realize that the act of creating is, is challenging enough. Don't worry so much about what you're creating. Right. Um, at the beginning, at least at some point, yeah, that comes up into play. (laughs) There are works of art that should not have been created. I guess. (laughs) We were talking about getting new wrinkles on your brain earlier. I'm getting new wrinkles on my brain right now. I can definitely see. (laughs) 
So folks, you know, that's just a tip, you know, that's just kind of a, uh, a little bit of, you know, a sample of what you'll find on Danny's podcast. So d- definitely be tuning in. So tell us, tell us Danny, where, where folks can find you. And, um, and then is there anything new or special that you got working on that may be coming out soon? I, well, so you can find me, I have, you know, what do I have? Uh, I have Twitter, uh, at Danny P Anderson is my Twitter and that's where it's probably easiest to find me. Um, the show does have a Twitter too. I'm really bad at keeping that up. I used to, like I said, I've kind of given up trying to be noticed on that kind of thing. Um, but it, it does have, I do share things. I share the show basically on it, um, at sectarian review on Twitter. Um, there's also an email for it's at sectarian review at gmail.com. There's a website, like if you just Google sectarian review, you'll find my website, sectarian review podcast.com. Um, so you'll find that kind of stuff there. I don't really have my writing. I have some of my writing. I said, I stopped updating the website for it. I don't have it like collected anywhere, but I don't know if, if you're interested, just send me an email and I'll send you a link to it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's how to ca- contact me. I just got something published last week in pop matters, which was kind of a, a nice, uh, uh, surprise I wrote this I'm interested in this 19th century British uh, Victorian poet and critic named Matthew Arnold he's a major influence on the way I think about things um, and I'm like the only I'm the last person in the world who cares about him and so um, and so the if you read the poem Dover Beach that's his and so but I'm, I'm interested in his criticism as well but I used um, some of his ideas about poetry and like the proper subject of poetry to make a defense of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And so I wrote this and I thought, I am literally the only person who will care about this essay. No, anybody who cares about Matthew Arnold doesn't care about Justice League. Anybody who cares about Justice League doesn't care about Matthew Arnold. And so I'm both the only person who could have written this and the only person who will read this. And yet um, Pop Matters um, like published that. So you could find that on their website. Um, what what validation, <laughs> what validation. That's amazing. I'm very proud of that actually. You like should I be. I feel like you I should. slipped one under the system there. So, but, um, <laughs> that's amazing and you're you're confronting the very fears that you were talking about earlier about you know you know five thousand years nobody will remember any of this stuff and (laughs) you're like no no i'm i'm putting the i'm putting the stake in the ground that's great exactly well well danny i mean this has been just a blast i mean you know i heard i had people whispering in my ear saying this is going to be a great interview brandon get ready and um and they were not lying. This has been an amazing journey and such a blast. And uh, I knew after my interview with you or your interview with me when I came on your show <laughs> that you were a guy I wanted to get to know more. And I'm so blessed to, to have that opportunity today. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Gosh, I'm really humbled that anybody, I mean, I'm usually, like I said, I, I feel like I'm the person who has nothing to say. So I ask <laughs> other people's opinions. And so I'm very excited and, and to be here and, and, and grateful for the opportunity. So well, thank you obviously much. you've proven yourself wrong today. So you gotta be, <laughs> you gotta be honest. You got a lot to say. So maybe we'll have you on again sometime time so I'll think, anytime please let all me right, know great well let me uh, pray for us um, i always like to pray when i'm closing out our show so i'll, I'll pray us out and then um we'll we'll both say goodbye does that sound good yep. all right all right let's pray heavenly father we just thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've made we thank you for the snow at danny's house and for the sun at my house uh, we thank you so much for blessing us father and for making us healthy making our minds and bodies work um, for giving us the ability to be creative, and, uh, and we don't mean to be aggressive with that, Father. And so uh, we just pray that we will be creative in the right spirit. I thank you so much for all the insights that Danny has given us and our listeners and our viewers today. 
Um, I pray that there's something uh, in this podcast, Father, that will help someone uh, understand um, their role um, in your kingdom more and that they will that they will be able to grapple with the challenges that are presented to them in this world as creatives and as Christians, and they will be able to rise to that challenge. Uh, I pray your blessings uh, on Danny, on his podcast, on his teaching, um, on, on, his, uh, on his family, Father, if it be your will, keep them safe. And uh, I pray that we get to, to hang out again soon. Uh, and thank you so much for allowing me to get to know a brother in Christ here um, on this side of eternity a little bit better. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with him in eternity future. And so uh, we thank you so much, Father, for your grace and your mercy and for your love and for your forgiveness and for your son, Jesus, who shed blood. Um, uh, allowed us to have a right relationship with you. Um, pray for all of our listeners and all our watchers, and I pray for the, um, for the platform that Theophany Media and Creatively Christian provide. We give it all to you, Father. In your son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, my brother. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, everybody. Uh, be sure and check out Danny. We're going to post all his links in the show notes, um, and he's going to send over all those cool stories. And again, if you want to, if you want to get a hold of him, he he accepts emails. So just be sure and just be sure and attach the ten dollar bill to each email when you send it to him. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if you just uh, look me up on my college website, Mount Aloysius College, just find me in the department. You can send me an email there too. Like I, I say that because no one will take me up on this, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much, Danny, for being on the show today. You be blessed and I will be talking to you soon. Same thing. Thanks. All right, brother. Thanks so much for listening today. To find out more about this episode and the resources that Danny mentioned, be sure and check out our show notes over at theophanymedia.com forward slash Danny. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.